watchers, you sexy little naughty little replay watchers. I am so glad that you are here for our episode one of Neurodivergent Babes. And I'm just going to talk about it while I wait for my pal Lilith to come on. Um, I'm going to see if I can type it in here. No, I'll just trust that she'll come. Oh, we have a viewer already. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Um, so we are going to be talking about neurodivergency and mostly we're just going to be shooting the shit talking about our actual lives <laughs> and sharing some things. So as I wait for Dr. Lilith Butler to come on with me, hi friends. Um, I can share a little bit about my morning and what it's like to be a neurodivergent babe. First of all, here I am in my mobile office. You may recognize those houses from the opening of Full House, the series. I'm here in Alamo Square Park. Um, I work from my phone, so I was just working outside. Oh, yay, Lilith, Lilith is here. Um, I don't know how to get you up here, but oh, there it is. Request. Great. Yes, yeah, so, so I'm here in San Francisco for the week visiting my kiddo and staying at my ex-husband's house and um, just really doing it up. Hi! Hi, babe! <laughs> oh, you look so pretty. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was just showing the fam um, my mobile office from today and I'm at Alamo Square Park where those full house houses are. Oh, amazing. Didn't, didn't you used to live right over there? I did. I used to live like a couple blocks that way with my sweetie. Mm -hmm. um, I was just going to like, before we even go into anything, just share a story about my morning because it was neurodivergent as hell. <laughs> uh, let's hear it. <laughs> so we stopped for pastries on the way to preschool. And the kid was like, we were next up and we were just ordering one muffin. We were going to go. And if we got it exactly like that, we would have been on time. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> Yeah. Then I noticed like the windows like moving and my kids like moving the window. And so I'm like, oh, hey, like you can't do that. And she's like, well, Papa always lets me. And that's like the theme of this whole week is, well, Papa puts my sunscreen on like this. Papa ties my shoes like this. Papa makes my lunch. For... And I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. Papa gives you the cush lifestyle here. <laughs> he lets you stand on this thing, but I can't let you. And so like I was, as I was having this conversation with her, um and trying to stay calm and not panic like someone cuts me in line and just starts ordering and it was an 84 dollar order and they just like kept Took going their like, whole office or something and going i don't know it was and like i just like tried to have compassion for them because it was like a son and his like mom and his mom was just like kind of just like you know being an old lady and <laughs> I was just trying to have patience and compassion and calm my nervous system down, but I was like really annoyed. <laughs> and the, I could tell the cashier knew too. And I was like, no one's going to like the son knew the cashier knew, but like, they just let this woman like bulldoze my spot in line. And I was like too busy talking to Posey and I can't, I just get so overwhelmed when two things are happening at once and I can't. <laughs> and then I just got up there and I was like, pumpkin muffin. So like, I didn't have time to get my coffee. We were now eight minutes late to school. And it's like, those things aren't a big deal, but like, they can feel like one. <laughs> I've already done so much. I already got up. We took a shower. I made breakfast. I packed lunch. I remembered the sweatshirts. I put on sunscreen. I got myself freaking ready for my day. Like mm -hmm. by the time that came, I just couldn't. And so I made it, I was like still <laughs> remaining calm, but I told Posey, I'm like, I'm feeling frustrated. 
as I was buckling her in the car seat because those people cut us in line and now I didn't get my coffee. <laughs> and she's like, it's okay to feel frustrated, mom. Aww. And I was like, yes, yeah, like we are full, full emotions as I'm sure you and your sweet son are also. But like, yeah, and I get up front and I was like, I think I'm gonna cry. She's like, it's okay to cry. And I was, like, I was like, I was so hard. I was so disappointed I wanted coffee. <laughs> And like, had I not known that I was ADHD autistic and neurodivergent and just like not supposed to not cry about coffee, I would have like punished myself and felt bad about myself. And like, now that I have these diagnoses, I'm able to be like, I am overwhelmed. I am <laughs> not resourced. I, my body hurts. Like I need to cry and it's okay that I'm feeling this way. And since we know tapping too, I'm like, and I love and accept myself. <laughs> so, so you communicate pretty openly with Posey about like, do you, because like with me and Jameson, I'm very transparent about like when I'm like reaching overstimulation and he is so good at like noticing now because I communicate it so regularly and so transparent so transparently he'll know like if we're gonna be wrestling on the bed for instance he gets like loud and I need my loop earbuds otherwise I cannot I just can't right. do I'm gonna have like two second threshold and so he's like can you yes. earbuds so that we can wrestle on the bed and so like and and he knows I'm like okay I have one more round in me and then we have to stop because I yeah. can't do any more contact and I love you and um yeah he's like starting to catch on and be able to like notice when I might be needing support or when I might ne be needing so it's really cool it's really cool wow playing it for him too because he's he's neurodivergent right sensory seeking <laughs> nerd yeah <laughs> oh tell me more about that because yeah I'm like mostly sensory avoided <laughs> oh you are you are or is I think I am and then Posey yeah. we're just kind of starting to explore it as we're like in preschool and like I've always known I wanted to create an unschool like environment for Posey so we're like doing things so differently but yeah so tell me about sensory seeking neurodivergent especially in children <laughs> Yeah, um, he just always, like, he, he wants every single light on in the house, the overhead lights, which I can't. <laughs> no. They're like, okay, in your room, you can have whatever light situation you want, but in the common spaces, we're doing the low purple lights, okay? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, he likes, like, all the lights on. He really loves to, like, we have a, we have a, a little Alexa, <clears throat> and so he'll just put that on full blast he wants to like play his music or listen to stories through there and i'm just like wow. we've 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 been kind of coming to um like agreements around like headphones so he has his pair of headphones i have my pair of headphones so mm -hmm. if he wants to listen to something that he can't use headphones for he'll bring me mine or he'll ask if i could put my <laughs> but it's 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 yeah it's a lot he also like really likes physical touch a lot and I think that like mm -hmm. sound and touch for me are the two most like in my space yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so that that gets to be a little bit challenging for me because he also doesn't like the personal boundaries when it comes to like talking he doesn't really quite have so he'll he's like in in my face mom you know yeah <laughs> like, yeah. yeah but yeah it's just like a lot of a lot of communication and i'm so grateful that i have the the understanding of autism and adhd because like i don't 
I honestly don't know how I would really be navigating it. Like I've always been really like, you know, a lot of focus on emotional intelligence and, and talking to him about that stuff. But like the understanding of autism and ADHD have like drastically expanded my, my tolerance for myself, my ability to oh. take care of my needs, my ability to oh. needs, my ability to like negotiate times and spaces with them so that we're both getting our needs met and, and enjoying it rather than me like grinning and bearing it and then the second he goes to his dad's me having like a complete shutdown <laughs> you know right right <laughs> like needing to lay in bed for all three days in order to get back to the place where you could take care of him again yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm still not like at 100 percent. you know it's just yeah, like, for sure. slight, slight recharge but I, I never get full battery but right. that's starting to change oh wow that's like unlocking so much in me because i'm like just June of last year is when I got my autism diagnosis. And yeah, when I was like, too. oh, my ADHD diagnosis might mean something too. <laughs> my and was in uh, like July for autism. Yeah, June. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> of course, we're on the same yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so I'm like, still, I had a pretty traumatic family situation happen with family members like having a really big reaction and um coming at me hard for my diagnosis <laughs> oh no I'm, if you're open to sharing about that i would love to hear about that. oh my gosh i will and i might cry and i'm open to that also because feelings are very welcome they're just yeah. a part of our experience and i'm <laughs> very so sensitive not. yes i'm just like very sensitive so if i speak and i cry every day just because mm -hmm. i'm either touched so beautifully or sad or grief or anger or just like all the things i feel them all the time so mm -hmm. um but yeah, so like one of the, <laughs> this is really sad now that I'm like thinking of telling you, the first people that I told in my family, she, I won't like disclose who she was, but um, yeah, she just like wrote me a three page letter, handwritten letter and mailed it to me saying like, I don't have autism. And she has a little person in her friend circle that is uh, like um, three or four. I guess he's probably older now, but as, as age goes, I think you get older, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like a little boy who showed the stereotypical signs of nonverbal autism. And because that's not what I look like, like she just wasn't able to cognitively uh, realize that. And uh, she just, you know... A lot of her anger about her own life, she was able to project into my autism diagnosis and spew at me and um, everyone's on their own path. But it was like really painful and really like made me question things. And like, I feel like took me back a few notches from even like proclaiming it or researching it or like mm -hmm. validating myself again. Because I was like, oh, I guess I probably am just like get, getting on the next bandwagon <laughs> for, for, and I'm like, for what though? Like, why? <laughs> There's no I perk. Think, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that that's like a really incredibly common experience. And I think a lot of it stems from the fact that from it's, it's like growing up un, undiagnosed autistic, like you're gaslit from like the moment you're born <laughs> and then you start to do that to yourself and you just learn that everything about you is wrong and bad and you should it should yes. be easy it should be easy and you know um i i went through that as well and it's only really been in the last like few months that i've allowed myself to really like like i really had a couple things happen where i like really had to kind of taken the fact that this actually deeply 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 impacts my life yeah 
yeah, it was like before I was kind of just still kind of gaslighting. gaslighting yes, me. I oh, know. I think I'm still in that. I'm, you're helping me move out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's a really interesting experience because it's also like, I, I don't know, you've heard people say, I'm sure, like people who are not autistic don't like spend their time like <laughs> wondering so deeply and researching so deeply about autism and wondering if they're autistic, you know? <laughs> it's not like a fun thing to have. I'm like, I'm on hour seven. I haven't eaten. Like, clearly I'm not a normal person. Yeah. I mean, I went to Disneyland two days ago and I'm, I'm sure you can just imagine what that is like. Um, yeah. Like all day yesterday, I was just completely shot. I didn't eat until I made Jameson food because mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I have like enough, like, I don't know, motivation to like, overcome whatever executive dysfunction I have to like take care of him and I'm so grateful right. for that because I, I don't even know where it comes from I don't even know how but the whole rest it's of the day it's deep in our bones I don't know either but I yeah have it. <laughs> I just like would walk to the kitchen and then walk back out and then yep. back I'm hungry walk to the kitchen walk back out and it's just like it's so hard too to try to explain I to know <laughs> but I relate I'm like yeah like, like, I don't know. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. I, put in. I was, yes, in my pantry last week as I was like the day before I was leaving for Texas and I was like just overwhelmed with packing and travel. And like, I just remember walking into my pantry and just being like, literally, like I see colors, I see shapes. I see that those are fried onion strips. And I think about them going, oh, I can't. And just like walk out. Yes. Yeah. I think there's also a piece too that when I like there's an executive function piece like I can't like bring myself to like go through the steps of preparing food even if it's like sometimes even if it's like grabbing something and opening it up which is sounds so silly but like something even just as simple as that like a two-step process theoretically is like I can't bring myself to do it but also I think that like when I've had like a really overstimulating time um my body is just like, I can't handle any more stimulation, even if it's like nourishment and sustenance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It makes so much sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And other days I like <laughs> just have um, coffee and sugar and smoke weed all day and <laughs> yeah. 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 go really hard on all of the things. <laughs> Fruits like coffee and salt and vinegar chips. They're like my two main sources when it comes to consumption. Oh my gosh. So I do find that a plain, a bagel, like a sesame bagel or a plain bagel, if I have bagels in the house and it's 5 p.m., almost all the time I can make myself a bagel if I'm in an overloaded situation. I'm now like realizing it. And mm. so like my sweetie and I call, my sweetie and I call like a plain bagel, just like my safety food. Yeah. Like, <laughs> cause if I'm going somewhere new, I don't, and you like, they're like, Oh, we'll feed you. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> it's going to be wrong. That <laughs> food is such a big one too. And it's like, my, my, my mind's going to all the times growing up where I would have a safe food at a restaurant and then I'd go there and it would, they would mess up my order just slightly or they wouldn't have <sighs> the thing that I wanted. And it would, like, I would cry every single yes. time. 
Yeah. It was just, the, and I, and then I can't eat anything else. Like my whole appetite is shot. I was starving all day long. My blood sugar is completely, and then I go there and it's wrong. And I'm right. just, I'm fucked. I'm just fucked. But then we didn't know we were autistic. And so our families just told us to buck it up and stop mm -hmm. being such a baby and eat your goddamn dinner. Right? Like, that and then I felt like, really wrong. Hungry, you would eat. <laughs> so that's not how it works. I know, me. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Wow. That's something about, too, you were saying with Jameson and, like, how he's sensory-seeking and sometimes comes real close. And, like, the thing that was really hard for me and we're getting better at it is, like, the attention-stealing part. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, they just, little kids just, like, talk to you because they don't know that you're doing anything else but being their person that they answers their questions. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it... It, it takes it like crunches away at my brain to have someone just interrupt my thinking all the time uh -huh. and it's like it was just really hard for me and I remember when I first got divorced it was in the pandemic and um which was like a solid move overall <laughs> it was like all the perfect timing but like I was there was no childcare, and I was splitting time 50 50 with my husband and my business had just taken off so i like had a full all one-on-one -on -one clients i had a full mastermind i had group programs i had a team and i just like couldn't i couldn't oh and i was moving every month or two months oh, gee. because i was just like i'll do nomad i don't know where i want to live the bear is two thousand dollars a month anyways i might as well live in an airstream or an apartment you know so just like all that and so <sighs> parenting yeah like just if i would have to have a meeting and pose you would watch sesame street it's like that doesn't account for all the work that goes into like having a meeting and then going just back to parenting it just was like so overloading and i was like yeah really struggling with anxiety and depression and just like getting through each day even <laughs> at that point was just like so much yeah <sighs> And so like the relief that comes with like knowing that my brain is different and like I'm different and like I can't, it's okay that I needed to close down my business and partially my business and fire all my clients <laughs> and um, lay in bed for three days and smoke weed when I wasn't parenting to get back to the place where I was able to do that. But like, wow, it's been really hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. The, the, uh, the interrupting is so hard oh. I mean, honestly there's so much about parenting that just like doesn't jive with my <laughs> I know <laughs> especially little little kids where they just like I watched my friend's baby the other day and she just like wiped her banana just like on me and I'm like oh yeah I forgot about that babe <laughs> Oh my gosh, all the sensory stuff is like so, so much. So, but it's like that autistic, you've heard of autistic inertia? Yeah. Oh my God, no, tell me. Oh, okay, yeah. So so that's like what I realized is that's like a huge, huge, huge trigger for me. It's been that way my whole life. Like if I am, if I like am able to get myself up and do like start a task, mm -hmm. then I have to do it to completion without interruption. Mm. Like if I am interrupted, even just like, you know, attention wise, someone's like trying to have a conversation with me, AKA my son's like, mommy, look at this. <laughs> <a second>. Yeah. 
just it throws off my whole entire like I have to be like in the flow it throws off my whole entire rhythm and then getting back into that task is really really hard like it takes so much to like get into the task get thrown out of it and then to try to like go back it's just so much energy yes inertia is like the 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 inertia we have to overcome to like start a task or yes ask and get back into it and so it's oh, like it's like 90 percent of the work is getting to the, the place where i'm opening my laptop to start the task yeah yeah <laughs> and, and then when you start it it just like i i feel especially with adhd you can get in that like hyper fixation mode and you just like you can get so much done in such a short time oh my god i'm so powerful <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we're like we're very i feel like very potent with our time if we have the time and space like mm -hmm. if conditions are right you know but yes I can do more in 45 minutes than people can do in a week like in yeah. Canva on my website like that's why I'm like good at running my business myself because I just I'm like you're like yeah yeah hours something I can <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. oh that's a three minute task <laughs> yeah. yeah but it like, might take me all week to like get up the ability to start that exactly <laughs> Exactly. That's why I do actually need a team is because like, I don't, if, if it's a task to go in and change the details after I do a thing or send out an email, it's like, no, no. That's, yeah, that's also a thing for me. Once I'm done with it, I'm done with it. Like I've never been, Babe. I remember in college, like having to write papers and I was, I majored in English at one point. Oh my God. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> multiple drafts of something. I'm like, what are you talking about? What, what? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> My first draft was the same as my last draft every single time. I don't. Oh my God. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I'm going to step out. I'm getting hot sitting in the car yeah. by myself. Oh no, there's child locks back here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm just going to climb through my car awkwardly on Instagram Live. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> um, this is actually totally on brand. So we're great. Oh, I had the key in my hand the whole time. I could have unlocked it. Okay. <laughs> This is great. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, no. <laughs> this like couldn't be more perfect. Okay, great. We're good. Just everything's totally normal. Just a regular person. I was going about my day. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Got my coffee. Lock my car. <laughs> okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. I'm good. I'm good. I made it. I can breathe now. And I'll, I'll have this background for us. So, oh, beautiful. Yeah, great. Okay, perfect. Although, okay, so did you know that this, everyone calls these the full house houses? Yeah. But they're not. They're just like from the scene in the beginning of the show. Yeah. And then oh. there's like an actual full house house somewhere in San Francisco. Oh, wait, there's an actual house. It's not, it's not like a set. There's like a house that they would show on the out, the outside of. Like, okay. Like zooming in. On. But not any of those? That's weird. Doesn't it feel like those? Everyone thinks it's those. It's like we all have this collective memory that it's those, but it's actually not. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Anyway, okay, great. Now that I'm out and about. <laughs> <clears throat> um, what were you talking about? Executive dysfunction? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just like running businesses and like being adults and parents when our brains are like me. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found, have you found, like, I know for me, when I learned 
especially when I learned I was autistic, because I, I learned it, I have ADHD like the year, maybe like a year, year and a half before I learned I was okay. autistic. Okay. Um, and both times there was like this wave of like the deeper understanding of my whole entire life. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like a, a relief of like shame specifically yeah. and parenting, but mostly around parenting. <sighs> Because oh my gosh, like, tell me more, because I feel like this is, these are the magic words I need to hear <laughs> at this moment. Well, I, I think, like, I think I'm a really good parent when it comes to, like, guiding my son and, like, teaching him the things that are really important to, like, you know, um, when it comes to, like, relationships and emotional intelligence and communication and standing up for himself and boundaries and like he's fucking solid and all that stuff i feel very proud of my parenting with that um and i think you and i have actually talked about this before about like how we love being a mother to our child but like being a mom kind of sucks <laughs> yes <laughs> yes like, all this stand by it. Stuff, like like all of the logistical shit that comes with being a mom i absolutely cannot stand but then but like that was also not like a huge shame piece the piece that was like very uh wrapped up in shame for me was like the fact that like i had this idea that moms are supposed to like really enjoy playing with their kids yeah and my brain when i when i learned i was autistic it was like oh it makes an adhd too it's like i have a very like interest-based nervous system i can't make myself engaged in something that I'm not interested in. I just can't do it. Like, I just can't do it. You know, <laughs> like, oh my God. that's such a relief. Cause I hate playing with children. <laughs> I don't know how to honestly, cause especially, you know, as an autistic kid, I, I like, I didn't really play. Like I did the, your stereotypical, like <laughs> things up. I like made clothes for my, my dolls, but I didn't ever actually play with them. Like I, I mm. would up or I would be like, you know, playing with insects, but that was really right. just connecting with them. I wasn't right, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I was just like in my own head going around and like talking to my stuffed animals and doing art yeah. and <laughs> yeah, yeah, drawing. I still am. I'm like, I'll do art with you. I mean, I'll play games. I'm getting into games now. It turns out yeah. I'm a nerd. I didn't know I was a nerd until this summer, but like, I'm a nerd. I new love information for you. This is new information for me. <laughs> I'm like, and there's this whole universe of things. I'm like, anyway, let, starting with Legos. And then I'm yeah. like, for my 37th birthday this year, I got the Queer Eye Lego set oh, from my know. mom. Like, I'm full, oh. I'm in. And my sweetheart's a nerd also. He's like a sexy tantric Google nerd. Um, but he... <laughs> He and I like to play these like escape card games where you're like following these clues and like trying to solve this. It's like so fun. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I will. This is a way that I can engage wonderfully with my child is through games. Like I like a, a board game with rules to follow and colors and cards and good design. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. If there if there's like a video explaining the instructions, I'm I love games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was really hard if someone tries to tell it to me it's really hard but if there's like visual cues and stuff like yes let's do this oh my gosh the moment someone starts to explain a game to me i'm like blank <laughs> i'm like you're wasting your time not listening <laughs> i'm like let's just go along 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I love my sweetheart so much is like he has like the brain of like an expert game player, but he knows how to like lead a novice through. So uh, it's like so in a kind and compassionate and loving, non-judgmental way. Because also my brain's been so different my whole life and I didn't know why. I like just thought both I was like really smart and stupid at the same time. <laughs> I'm like, why am I the smartest person in this room and also the stupidest? <laughs> Simultaneously, every single time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that like, that's something that I've been really kind of coming to terms with. This is totally switching gears. But yeah. As we do. We're rambling the genius. Right? <laughs> I've found that, like, I'm really grateful that Jameson has his dad for, like, like, his dad is, like, a kid in the way that he interacts with them. So they get to play all that stuff. His dad loves Disneyland. He loves like, like kid games. He, lo you know, like imagine you play all that stuff. I'm like, that's Great. fucking do it. Because <laughs> then you have that experience with the parent. And for me, yeah. we do like arts and crafts and yeah. painting and drawing and yeah. puzzles and board games, yeah. Legos. And like those kind of, I can get myself like really engaged in. And I love that. Yeah. I love them on those levels, but the rest is really hard for me um but going to what i was what i was going to talk about is like the the con the contradictions mm. of like being like the smartest person in the room and the stupidest person in the room mm -hmm. also like the wisest and the most naive yes oh like, my god <laughs> oh my god yes so mature but like so not like no i'm like a elder and a tiny baby <laughs> yeah. It's so wild, like, and this is, this is something that I've, I've had, like, actually, like, a lot of pain around, and it's, mm. it's, it's really hard, because I have this self-concept that developed for the years based on, like, things that people have told me about, like, how mature I am, how aware I am, how um, good I am at communicating, how, like, capable like all these things right that mm -hmm. like up this picture of a person who who like is aware of what's happening to her and around her mm -hmm. but then i look at situations that i've gotten into in my life where i've been so deeply taken advantage of and manipulated and abused and <sighs> like fucking crazy situations where it's like i should have seen Lines, we're all clear and if I was such a self-aware person like they're both there and it's hard for me to like reconcile same I feel the same I'm like still beating myself up about this like situation I got myself in last year where I almost like gave away my land yeah. <laughs> because I was like just in freeze fawn and just like mm -hmm. yeah ah, and like saying my boundaries but when they weren't respected i wasn't reaffirming my boundaries and so like that was my lesson there is like i'd learned to say to communicate directly like actually we're not signing over our land to you this is not a donation and i need six months like these are things that i had said um but when those were walked all over i was just like ah <laughs> <laughs> But now I actually have been working with someone um, on this like deep, powerful healing modality. And we learned like that I have an actually no in there too. I have a no and then I have an actually no. And so like uh -huh. that's this, this boundary that I have when people like tiptoe, try to tiptoe over my no or my boundary that I set. Then I can be like, actually, actually. no. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had, um, 
And it, this is actually kind of what led me to, like, in a really big way, like, led me to my autism. I, I, I didn't get, like, a full evaluation. I got, like, a soft diagnosis from my doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I like brought in all my shit, but like when I when I talked to her about it, she was just like, "There's no reason for you to get like official right. and whatever." There's like a whole like cost benefit thing, yes. <laughs> but what to that was like a, a multitude of things, but one of them was that my sister, who I basically was like let living with me for some time, because like my brother died in 2019, and I think that like my guilt for not like doing more to support him or saving him or whatever, like had me completely override any boundaries that I had previously put in place with my sister. Yeah, that makes sense. And just like welcomed her into my home, um, and completely just like under my nose, she was like doing meth and. Mm for years and also you know like house and interacting with my son and yeah she she like she stole my cat she like kidnapped my cat and bystander abusing him and called like humane services and there was like this whole and then she was like lying to me about it afterwards it was like this whole thing but like It was really, really deeply painful, and I think it led her to getting the services that she needs. We're not in contact anymore. There's, like, a restraining order place and all of that, but um, it was, like, <laughs> every single sign was, like, there for me to see, and I should have caught it, but I, but, like, I was, I don't, I, and I still don't know if I was, like, tricking myself into oblivion or I if know. I, like, because in hindsight, everything is, like, I can see exactly. I know. I know. I'm like, that bitch was playing you in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. And that goes for, like, intuition as well. Like, I can, like, look back. I think, like, the interception piece that we have, like, not really intact is challenging, too, because it's, like, I felt something. Like, my intuition was telling me something. But, like, I don't know that I'm feeling it in the moment. Like, I, I can't right. register in the moment. But when I look back, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did know that's off. There was, like, like (laughs) things that we're pointing to it but it's it's yeah it's weird it is weird and I think I've even been like blaming myself for my last big like dramatic lesson and being like oh I guess I didn't learn my lesson I had to make it really dramatic in order to hear it (laughs) which might be true but like also I couldn't hear like I'm learning how to hear it right you know I'm learning how to trust or hear that voice and and notice when I'm in freeze and fawn and mm-hmm. and asking for space and saying actually no your boyfriend can't move in here I, he, <laughs> or whatever right <laughs> um yeah but like also having compassion for ourselves and knowing that it's like literally our brains that make us so brilliant mm-hmm. and easily manipulated and like people sense that too because our hearts are so like genuine and yeah. We really do see people deeply, and because we know we see people deeply, it's almost, like, easier to trick us because we're like, oh, I see you, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. That's city noise. Is loud, but... uh-huh. Yeah, I think I think that autistic people seem to have, like, a really deep gift for, like, seeing, like, seeing the true good in people. Yeah. And, like, the, the like, soul underneath the personality, even. Yes. So it's like, like, I, I feel like we kind of, through to the point where we miss everything that we're cutting through, <laughs> which is like not helpful and 
and real-life scenarios. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And like, mm-hmm. I just really see people's highest, like, mm-hmm. timelines or whatever you want to call it. Um, their highest selves, their highest potentials. And like, I can stay stuck in that with someone for a long time too. And like, yeah, I'm like really honestly just, I'm 37 and I'm like just learning how to like find my soul fam, my people that like see me and love me unconditionally and like are there for me. And I feel like, especially in this past year has been like truly remarkable for me um, Mm. in that aspect, finding you all, you're one of them, obviously. Um, but before that, I just like picked poopy heads who were mean to me to be my friends. <laughs> so I thought, I thought about that a lot too. And I wonder like, there's like two folds. So like growing up being so like high masking, I feel like part of me was, part of me was drawn to people who are like more narcissistic in nature because I am more easily manipulated and all the things that we're talking about. But also I think part of it is the fact that if I am around someone who's like taking up all the space in the room or in the relationship, then the focus isn't on me and my shortcomings as like a human. And I don't have to like push the the social, like I don't have to push the conversation. I don't have to like, because it's all about them and they're not really paying attention to what I'm doing anyway. <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> like, it's like a way to like hide in plain sight. And then uh-huh. also like, in I think that I've like piggybacked on like the social lives of those people as well. Like growing up, you know, cause it was like, it's like, yeah, I'll tag along. Yeah. I'll tag along. Yeah. I'll tag along. Uh, but like, uh, but I wasn't having to like expend the energy to like make those social connections myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that feel like resonate with you at all? I'm curious. So my Something. story was like, I, with having red hair and I'm seeing it now with my kiddo is like, I've basically been a celebrity since I was born in every <laughs> shop. People were just like always trying to talk to me, you know, and just like, just my energy too. Like I just often <laughs> just like <laughs> talk with people. And, and when I was little, it was like hard because people would just come up to me and my mom didn't know how to assert boundaries, which is where I learned my shitty boundary making skills from. <laughs> Love you, mom. <laughs> We were doing our best, (laughs) Um, but she just like let people like touch my hair all the time or like just take up our energy. Just like, oh, you're so cute and like force talk to me. And I'm like, I don't talk to just anyone who wants to talk to me, you know, but like as a kid, you're supposed to, we were supposed to, not anymore now that we're parenting, but like you're supposed to, and like parents feel this awkward thing, like, oh, I better have my kid be friendly to this stranger. And it's like, oh, fuck, why? Like, why? <laughs> let our kids feel safe in their bodies. Like, and Posey just gets a lot of attention. And like now when someone's like, oh, I love your hair. Like, I just take that compliment and she just like rolls, grunts and rolls her eyes. And I'm just like, oh, thank you. Cause I know that it's just like a bid to like say hi, you know, it's just like yeah. oh, people are just trying to feel good. And so I can just like have a feel good communicative circle with a stranger and Posey can witness that. And if she wants to partake someday, she can. Um, but yeah, so for me, I think I'm like all about one-on-one and I still am like, I love a one-on-one relationship, even being a polyamorous person and having multiple romantic relationships. I'm like, I'm all about having multiple one-on-one romantic relationships. I don't necessarily need to have like one blob all together all the time. (laughs) Um, but even with friends, like I just really like, like group things. I don't really like group things. Like if it's two or three people that I know really well, like we can do that. But like, 
-hmm. it just escalates it. And then everyone else's social anxieties come up and I can sense them and I can feel them. And I like, I feel like I have to manage them, which I don't anymore, but like just knowing where everyone's at and what everyone's feeling because I'm hypersensitive to everyone's emotional state all the time is exhausting. And so like throw in like a, like a regular party where people are like mingling around and asking like, where do you, what's your job? I'm like, no. That's not my life anymore. <laughs> Don't talk to me. <laughs> Don't talk to me. <laughs> that's that's something that I'm like really, I've always known that I prefer one-on-ones, but I used to also push myself to be in like more dynamic, like multiple, you yeah. know, they're like crowded social environments. And I'm learning just how much I fucking hate it. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> and I, I, pushed down my hate and discomfort and then I would be like fucking wiped out for like days afterwards and be like so tired (laughs) (laughs) we're learning we're adorable as we're learning we've like had many years of not knowing so (laughs) yeah it's and even like like what you're talking about like the interactions with strangers like I well so growing up in the cult like as a child and as a woman, it's like, don't speak unless spoken to. So I kind of had a pass not to really talk very much, <laughs> which mm-hmm. was a like set point anyway. Um, I was kind of nonverbal until I was like about 10 and we came to California and wow. I, like, I had friends who like, were just like, you're going to be my friend. You're going to come hang out with me. And that's like the only way that I made friends. Otherwise I would have just like oh. it by myself. And yeah. Like, playground for I did that for like the first year I was in in public school but um but as I started getting older and I started getting the feedback that like (laughs) I looked and seemed like a bitch until people got to know me and um you know like and that I was like weird for not talking and like you know all of the 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 feedback for like just being a natural like quiet existing yeah (laughs) like overcorrected and I was like I'm gonna smile all the time I'm gonna talk to everyone I'm gonna make everyone feel comfortable I'm gonna make sure everyone knows that I'm actually like a deeply kind person and that extended to like even just you know interactions at a coffee shop or grocery store is like smiling at everyone and like you know saying hi to like anyone that I'm interacting with it's like so fucking exhausting I know. I feel like I'm in a play about being a person when I'm like out about in commerce. I'm like, okay, I'm going to play. Hello, sir. <laughs> I will take one coffee. <laughs> oh my God. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I've been like experimenting with just like, I mean, I kind of carry my noise canceling headphones everywhere I go now. So that's just been you have the loop ones. I have the loop ones, so those are always on my keychain, but I also have, um, like, some over-the-air ones, which are my favorite, because I don't really, like, love the fact that any sound I make, I can hear, like, my side head voice when yeah. I have loop ones in. You know, like, like, are there any autistic people even working at loop? <laughs> <laughs> how, how do people, like, love these so much? I, I get the convenience part and, like, very discreet, but they're not my favorite. <laughs> okay. I was just going to buy them, but I don't know what to do. Well, they're better. They're better than nothing for sure. Yeah, they're better than AirPods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because AirPods don't really do cancel anything. They don't. They don't do that. Yeah, but um, but if I before I had those, I would just use earbuds and play some else. So I was at least like controlling what I was taking in. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I've oh stopped like clapping the smile on my face when I go places. It's just like, why do I need to be the friendliest grocery store? Like, why? It's so exhausting for me. And right. it's like, it'll, like, if I, I order most of my groceries online now. Hell yeah. That I've given myself. But like, if I do go into a grocery store, um, th that like kind of fucking wipes my whole day. Yes. <laughs> My oh, the grocery store wipes my whole day. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. <laughs> even just like the even ordering online online is a lot better because being in the grocery store and making just and I've been like, I need to get a hold of myself. I'm also the food roommate in my household, so it's my job to like go to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or get the groceries for the week. But like, it's the decision too of like, what do we need? Like, it takes so much work to be like, how much butter should I buy? Some more butter, this and this and this. And then let me deal with all my money issues and emotionally as I'm about to buy these organic groceries. And then, <laughs> and like the store sucks, it's bright. And then, you know, I'm in Texas. So there's just like friendly people, goddamn everywhere. And, <laughs> and then they like, don't have like the one item that you need sometimes. Oh, no. <laughs> the only thing that would have been fine, like helped me in the car, stuff my face with after this to like get home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going to. I'm going to do. I want to get a whole system. So I ha basically I have another child three months back in Texas. I'm going back tomorrow for, in, for November. So I'm like going to really get my family schedule and food schedule, like everything on auto and lock, so that my life can just like be maintained. I want to have like the groceries ordered and just like. We're eating tacos on too, like everything, food, <laughs> so that I can just like take a load off and allow my brain to do other things besides like think about every, how full everyone in the house's stomach is right now. Like, come on. <laughs> so, I have a question about that. Like living in um more, because for me, it's like just me and Jameson, but you live in a more community environment. And I'm curious about like, because it's a very common autistic thing to like, have a food that you like and ADHD too and like have a food that I want to eat the same thing like oh yeah <laughs> every day for however long until you just like can't handle yes like, one day it stops and then you're done you know it's on to the, the next thing hopefully if there is one sometimes right <laughs> hopefully we will eat again <laughs> I don't have anything that I like but how does that work when um you're preparing food for like multiple people who probably want variety yeah <laughs> luckily it, it used to be harder when i had a different husband my partner now is a lot more easygoing <laughs> my my relationship before my husband like liked to have a dinner for dinner and i'm like cereal is dinner yo like you know <laughs> yeah. yeah so that was kind of a mismatch as the food roommate but now um it's just a lot more chill and like my partner gets my brain and he is neurodivergent also and like he is fine with we call it yo-yo sometimes which is you're on your own so if i'm like i'm going to this contra thing tonight dinner yo-yo and he's like all right because then he's like he can have his cereal for dinner you know <laughs> and like he and you know when i go to the grocery store i'll get him like some things that he likes that he can like make himself so then it's just like and he really as I one day was like, oh, well, here, you can have this for lunch. He's like, you know what? Also, like, I'm a grown-up, and I've been a bachelor for 37 years. I've been feeding myself this whole time. And I'm like, great. I will just buy the food and sometimes make dinner. <laughs> and so that's kind of where we landed with that. So it's not like – because just with the kid. And, and when the kid's not there, just feeding myself is, like, enough. That's yeah. enough. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 But we're, getting on a schedule is going to help. And we we're, <laughs> do cachava. Do you know cachava? 
It's like a meal drink uh, with like all these adaptogens and mushrooms and all sorts of good oh, stuff. Uh, um, but yeah, I find like doing shakes and smoothies, like as my meals, it's very helpful too, to make sure that I get food in my body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's super helpful. Yeah. Just thinking about the texture of bananas. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> it's helpful to have have like a blended drink also because it's like then you don't have to worry about texture as much. You just drink it. <laughs> sometimes though, you know, it's yeah. Like, there's sometimes texture stuff with liquids too, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I was making coffee. I went to this pussy mansion last weekend in Arizona. It was amazing. Oh, um, that's crazy. I'm sorry, stories. It was, fun. It was so fun. <laughs> Um, but they were taking care of food and that was like one of my reasons that I wanted to go. Cause I was like, yes, sweet. Take care of it all. And my friend Vinay was doing it and I've traveled with her and she like knows what type of vegan I am. Like I'm more of like a bread and vegetables and snacks vacation vegan than like tofu. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I'm also very particular about just milks in general. And so like, I really like oat milk and only like two brands of oat milk and, <laughs> And they had like coconut milk and almond milk and it's like fine, right? Like I could have said that or I could have gotten my own. Um, and I was like, this is going to be fine. I'll just be, I'll just be fine. I'll just use coconut milk. <laughs> um, which, cause I swear on my life that I'll never have almond milk and coffee again in this body. Cause it's just a waste of my existence. So, <laughs> but I was like coconut milk. I can't. And I literally, like, as it was making the coffee, it was pouring into the cup, I started to pour the coconut milk in there, and it just, like, glopped out like yogurt, and I was like, nope, uh, nope, uh, hard no. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I am not okay here. I'm not okay right now. <laughs> it's like the coconut milk, like, the canned coconut milk with, like, some fat in it, too. I don't even, I don't like the way it makes the coffee, like, kind of slidey. Why slimy? I don't want slimy. Yeah, no. <laughs> like a huge fire truck coming by. It's probably gonna be very loud, but anyway, city living. I don't have my headphones in. <laughs> oh, I love mustaches though. Mustaches <laughs> are really sexy. <laughs> I like mustaches too, actually. You like mustaches? I do. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't well, it, right. It, it, the mustache has to like fit the person. And but if it yeah. fits and they're giving me seventies vibes, I am in. Seventies <laughs> vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I died young in the seventies, and so like I really relate to that era. Mm -hmm. I was in my twenties or thirties in the seventies. Probably here in San Francisco, actually. <laughs> I also sometimes like to go to a vintage shop and be like, is this my old dress from when I was a different person? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love that. <laughs> things to think about when you just have a brain to just think all day and think about things. <laughs> I have a question for you. Are yeah. you, so like, there's all these things with autistic brains, right? There's like aphantasia or hyperphantasia. Like, do you, I don't really know what those are. Oh, okay. Aphantasia is like when you don't see anything in your mind. Oh, no, I see a lot yeah. of my mind. Yeah. 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 Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, because for me, it's like kind of overwhelming a little bit, but it also makes for really fun, like, daydreams and stuff because I can, like, yeah. picture. Like, I'm in a whole different world. Oh, 
in like three at a time. Like right now, I'm in yeah, I'm yeah, three yeah. other places <laughs> at <laughs> minimum. <laughs> Multiple at a time. Once we hang up, it'll be it'll go up to seventy five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like at night, I'll get like kind of bombarded by like so much imagery, and that I've realized that that's part of where. I mean, there's so many things involved in it, but like I've had an, uh, insomnia my whole life, like since mm-hmm. I was a baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's like part of it. It's like, it's I'm sure. And it's just like so engaging. I'm 100% sure because this thing happened the other day with my kiddo and I were co-sleeping this week when I'm here visiting. And she, we just woke up at three and she had a bad dream and she had just watched Hocus Pocus, which I'm like, why? And like, why anything scary? <laughs> but <laughs> she's like, oh, I just, I'm not, and her eyes were just open and I could just see that she was just like somewhere else. And she's like, I'm having a bad dream about the witches, like killing you, me and Papa. And then we, I would be like, yes, tell me your bad dream and that helps it disappear and we'll breathe about it and cuddle. And then like a few minutes later, her eyes were still open and she's like, I'm having another bad dream. And she just was like caught in this loop with the witches. And I know, and it lasted like an hour of us just like breathing through it. I know. So I'm like her brain, there's so much more to it than just like, let's show kids scary Halloween movies. I'm like, no, their brains, their whole subconscious is recording everything. (laughs) That happened happened with Jameson. his dad showed him Pirates of the Caribbean, the one with the freaking octopus face. No. I know. It was like, no. Mm. There was like a month where every single night he was saying that. I know. It goes in there. Yes. It he'll see He'll see a similar thing happen to him just like a couple of weeks ago, actually. He called me in and his eyes were completely open. He was looking at the ceiling. He's like, why is it looking at? Why is she looking at me like that? It was kind of oh. creepy. It's kind of scary. Yeah. It's like me. Like, give me more details. Um, he just like saw a face. Wow. At him from I, I don't know. The face was like on the ceiling, and she was just like, kind of like smiling. But it, he said it was like really creepy. Like, was, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> but we're the parents now, so we have to be like, this is fine. <laughs> I had the same thing happen this summer. I brought Posey to New York to the house I grew up in, which is like kind of a creepy house. It's like a colonial. It was like built the year before I was born. It's not even like that old, but it just like has all of my traumatic childhood memories in it. And <laughs> and just like so much old stuff. Like my parents just bought everything used. So there's like so many people's old belongings are in there. So like there was just a lot going on energy wise and spirit wise. And like I turned off the light and I got in bed and Posey's like, mom, there's a ghost in here. <laughs> and I was just like, stay calm. Stay calm. <laughs> oh, I was like, well, do you want there to be a ghost in here? And she's like, no. And I was like, all right, well, do you, should we ask them or tell them that they can go? And she's like, yeah. I was like, okay, let's just say it on three. And so on the gun of three, we were like, you can go now and like send them off with love. And that was like a, so much better. Right. And like, yeah. But the experience I had growing up um, with my sweet, wonderful mom was just like fear and panic just like came over her so quickly and easily that, and I could tell what was happening. So like when I sensed fear and panic with her around a noise in the house, like I was like, you're my safety person. What? You're yeah. scared? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
but it's like really important for me to be like always be the person who's not scared even if we're like about to get murdered I'm not gonna be scared you know (laughs) (laughs) um and so when that ghost shit came up and like I've been scared of ghosts my whole life until recently when I like have done a lot of work with fear where now I'm like I actually am not really afraid of anything and um, that felt really good to be able to have that calmness for her because of the work that I've been doing Yeah. Have you found that? Because for me, my my relationship with like my spirit work like deeply changed when I started. Anything, you know? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Let me get my keynote. Um. Yeah, and I remember there was just one day I used to just like be afraid all the time if I was a woman alone, which my mom, (laughs) keep talking about my mom. I love her so much and she's a wonderful human and we've decided now she's alive and well and we've decided that she's not my mom anymore. We're just friends and (laughs) it's been so healing. I'm like, hey, friend, because she doesn't try to give me the type of advice where it would mean she's trying to change me, criticize, shame me or judge me anymore. (laughs) We can just hang out and smoke weed and talk about Doritos. <laughs> yeah, but also like she's been on her own process with accepting my diagnosis too. And I don't know that she's really necessarily fully there, but she is sending me her love and like is trying to support me in that way. Um, but yeah, it's been a whole thing. Even looping back, looping back as we do, rambling the geniuses, go around and around and we end up looping back. I was... Um, the person who wrote me that three page letter um, a few months later got really triggered by one of my videos where I was like, Oh, I'm not like a three-year-old boy. Yeah. I'm a grown woman. I'm, you know, I made like a video on Instagram and she like thought it was for her, which it wasn't, but there probably was an unhealed part of me that was like, man. Um, <laughs> so I accept that responsibility also. Um, <laughs> and then she sent me, she went on Facebook and like really went at it and sent me like a, five which i'm not on facebook so i didn't see it but she sent me like paragraph after paragraph of hate about how like i'm not autistic and i'm just an idiot who spews garbage endlessly from her mouth on the internet and (laughs) i'm like guys like you're a good writer like this is good (laughs) i mean no i was devastated at first i like saw it come in and i was like oh god and i felt it and then i was like i can't read that i need to order my coffee first (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I like read it and cried and like looked for support and went through the whole thing. And like that is still unresolved relationship. And now it's brought in some more family members in and everything. But like that really like gaslit me and like hid me back into like my little corner. And like just like how abusive people want the victims like go into the corner and shut up, you know? And so I'm like this summer. I was able to actually like state really calm and neutral boundaries with that part of the family and um, they freaked out about it, but I got to say what I needed to say and I, yeah, stuck with it and didn't go back on myself like for one of the first times ever. Um, And that felt really good. That feels like progress and growth. So yay. Yay me. Yeah, that's so good. I'm I'm glad that you had that experience of being able to set boundaries with them and speak. Yeah, and I, I think like talking about the like the hyper empathy and being able to like feel everything that's happening for everyone. Yeah. I think that also is a hindrance to 
that that yeah to like setting boundaries because like we can feel that discomfort that they're feeling it's been like such a deep practice to just like be okay with other people being uncomfortable and like learning like like (laughs) clear that out of me (laughs) like they're just like that is not my discomfort yes Pardon. that's so good yeah here's how i used to set a boundary i don't think i can do that oh okay <laughs> fine i will right like yeah, one yeah. executive silence <laughs> exactly and then also the, the piece around like something really quick for me when i when i understood that like boundaries are not uh, like have nothing to do with like changing or controlling the other person it's all about like this is my limit if if you are going to encroach on this then i'm going to do something to take care of myself in a different way. Like it's, I, I can change my behavior. And so it's like, uh, when it, it, it's not, it's like totally within our power. And also it gives them just a choice and they're just making a choice and it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I explained that well, but that. Oh, yes. Yes. And yes. And then for every person who I get state a boundary to and they freak out and leave my life, a person comes in and I say no. And they say, thank you for your thank no. You. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing too, is like when I started setting boundaries and this was even before my autism diagnosis that like I started doing this in my life, but like the amount of people that were just like fucking falling out of my life was insane. (laughs) Where's everyone going? I know. But then, but then people come in that like actually are able to meet you and see you and honor you and respect you. And it's like, oh, that's why those people have to leave. (sighs) Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. And you are one of those people who came in because Mm -hmm. a jerk left. So I'm so glad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And this hour just flew by. It's so nice to just talk. And it was brilliant. And yeah, I'm going to save it. So it'll be on my profile. I think you might have a chance to post it on your profile too, but we'll figure that out. Anyway, you can send it to me and I will see you next Friday. See you next week. Ah, Bye.